Hey guys, it's Ted. Real quick before we get into the show, Tim and I were featured in a really awesome article for now, well, my local arts paper, the Erie Reader from Erie, Pennsylvania. The article is called Erie's Podcast Feed, and I know we tweeted about it at No Hugging. If you want to check it out, I've linked it down in the description for you to make it a little easier. So if you want to check it out, please do. Uh, with that being said, let's get into it. Sorry, we have to play modern music. Yeah, I mean that—that's not exactly their tagline. Oh, that'd be uh, but, amazing. But, well, it's like uh, the—it's the best of best '60s, '70s, and '80s light rock. Ah, uh, okay. And, and or something like that. But there's that. There's a news talk station, and that's it. Wow. It, it, it wow. all skews like old white men. I was gonna say, I'm sure they run Rush and Hannity and uh huh, uh huh. Uh, who knows? <laughs> and Glenn <laughs> well. and Glenn Beck. Are we ready to get going? Yeah, I think so. All right. We'll just get going then. Welcome Alrighty. to No Hugging, No Learning. It's the show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about The Fire, which was season five, episode 20. Uh, is this the penultimate episode of season 20? It is not. I think we only have... Oh, we have two more after we've, this. We've got okay. two more. Yep. I see. Wow. Uh, well, before that, though, uh, thanks for hanging with us as we had a double episode for you last week with the raincoats <laughs> as it was a double episode. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, going back to listen to it, it was a quick two hours. I got to say, if you skipped it, if Man. you were daunted by the, Ooh. by the runtime, I thought it was fine. It, it was, uh, it clocked in at a runtime of what, a hu- like an hour and 50 minutes. I'm like, wow. yeah, yeah. Something around the, there. De- definitely, <laughs> definitely our longest episode yet. I think. Is it? Cause we've done double episodes before. I'd we, be curious we, to go back and see. We, we've done double episodes and we've done like uh season finale episodes with like a recap and ranking yeah. the episodes. And I think our longest before that was 145. And we did Jingle All the Way was a feature length movie too. So I think we did a feature length and I think that podcast was, for that. And I think that was only an hour 30. Wow. I, I, I think this was our longest episode yet. Well, I got to say, I mean, I feel like our recap, our, our our podcast about the raincoats was kind of like the raincoats in that it hits a high note and it just kind of stays there for the whole length of the episode. I, I, I thought you were going to say it hits a high note and then it's just all downhill from there. No, no, we go. All, I, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed listening back to it as I was doing, you know, another pass on the edit. I was like, this is not this is good. This is fine. <laughs> But not like but to the dog drinking coffee on fire. This is fine. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, but not like the dog meme of him, like surrounded by flames, right? No, no, it's exactly like that. But I'm in monks. I'm in monks and it's on fire. <laughs> well, uh, man, how uh, how uh, appropriate that you're talking about like the dog surrounded by fire saying, oh, this is fine. When uh, yeah. when we're about ready to talk about this episode. Somebody needs to make george on fire in the kitchen and saying this is fine or something like that somebody needs there needs to be a meme made of i don't know the gang sitting at monks and the whole place is on fire and they say this is fine i want to see a seinfeld version of that meme somebody get to work on that i feel like i feel like i need to do that and that'll just like resurrect like my standing within our seinfeld i I feel like everyone everyone there hates me just because like uh, like we said last week how dare you promote something that you made Right. I maybe I should because I'll post on on Seinfeld every now and then, uh, you know, a funny picture or something with a caption or, or whatever. Um, so maybe I should start posting the episodes. But you, your formatting is so good. Is it? 
Uh, yeah, your I, formatting is lit. Okay. For whatever, oh, Twitter oh or God. show notes or on, on Reddit <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll tell you what. I will I will bite the bullet and I will keep posting the episodes if you want to post the memes and then follow yeah. up in the comments like, hey, guys, if you like this, listen to No Hugging, No Learning or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to draw some of their ire. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll draw the ire. You you bring the fire memes. <laughs> yeah, oh I feel God. like I feel like that'd be Reddit would hate that trick. Going like, oh, I, I like this funny meme, and I'll upvote it now. Let me check the comments. Oh, it was an ad for a podcast. No, no! we put like upvote retracted. We we put our watermark like down in the bottom of the meme. <laughs> like just just put our logo. And yeah. oh my God, Th- this meme brought to you by No Hugging No Learning Gang <laughs> or something dumb like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Th- this meme brought to you by the clarinet gang. Upvote retracted and downvote. <laughs> Deploy the downvotes. In in Reddit scores though, we would still get an upvote and a downvote. So <laughs> yeah. so it, it would uh, it would equal out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from last week, we did have some homework that we wanted to get to. First, uh, let's tackle. I think the earliest one that popped up. And thanks to, speaking of, of uh, message boards and things like that, thanks to Vashon Holloway and his post from 2006 Ooh. on the sitcom online message boards. Wow. He says the line, tippy tippy day day. Remember, uh, it was, we, we both hated that Jerry said he likes all the impressionists, Monet, Manet, and tippy tippy day day. Uh, I, I hated it. I think it's one of the worst lines in the whole series. <laughs> but this, this guy said, the line can be heard in the movie, Send Me No Flowers, and it's uttered by uh, singer and actress Doris Day, and the line is, and a tippy-tippy day-day to you too, mama. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's what he said. That's the only instance of tippy-tippy day-day that, that anybody can find in any sort of popular culture. Okay, so uh, you, you, it, was, it was from a movie? Yeah, what? Send Me No Flowers, uh, 1964 comedy. Of course. Starring Rock Hudson and Doris Day. Of course. It's a movie from the early 60s. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when and Jer- they did a lot of these. I forget what they were called. These Rock Hudson and Doris Day movies were, uh, they made like three or four of them or something. And, and people loved them. Um, you know, I forget what they called them. They were, I don't know. They were like early romantic comedies. There was a name for them. But, but yeah, supposedly she says it in that movie. And that's the only instance anybody can find of, of Tippy Tippy Day Day being said. Oh, man. Of course. Why, why am I not surprised? <laughs> Yeah, it's the most obscure reference. I mean, it's on the level of like Mystery Science Theater and and Dennis Miller, like of obscure references. <laughs> uh, okay, next uh, next bit of homework. Uh, I looked into this because I was the one who said, "Man, this guy looks really familiar." Talking about Rudy, the the thrift shop clerk, sure. play, played by Mike Haggerty. Yes, uh, and I was like, I, I feel like I've seen him, uh, not specifically like just. Or not uh, generally just in something else, but I feel like I've seen him in something else in Seinfeld. I was so close. Tim, do you know what else he is prominently known for? I do. He, what, what? What is it? The superintendent on Friends. Yes. The building oh super. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, 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 forget, I, know. I forget what his name in Friends was, but it's just another like blue-collar role. Uh, yeah. But do you want to know what else I I do know him from that I think w- was giving Please. me... W- uh, tell me it's Good Luck Charlie. It is not Good ah! Luck Charlie. <laughs> I was like, he was on a Disney show. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, 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 no. Uh, the thing that I like really had that reaction to that I'm like, I know his face. What do I know his face from? It's from fucking Austin Powers. Oh and, my god, right. And he's one of like the cutaway scenes <laughs> where it's like, look, it's a huge Johnson and <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, look at these." And he is uh, a vendor at a sporting event and he's just hot nuts. <laughs> and he's holding up a bag of nuts and then he sees something in the sky and it, it <laughs> it's it's that scene that goes on for Five, five or six minutes. Yeah, yeah. The dude has worked. I mean, if you've if you looked at his IMDb page or Wikipedia or whatever, uh, yeah, he he was most recently been on the Goldbergs, Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> he played. Oh, he really? He played the commanding officer at the Nine Nine prior to Raymond Holt. So Holt takes over for oh, Captain McGinley. Whoa. And okay. Yeah, that's him. Uh, in the first couple episodes, I, I think pops up. But in Good Luck Charlie, were you a fan of Good Luck Charlie? I I was a little old for Good Luck Charlie. I did watch a few episodes of it. Uh, but was he in Good Luck Charlie? Was it a live action or was it a cartoon? It was live action. Oh, okay, it was live action. Okay, he played Captain Stretchy in one episode. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I was like, God, I hope Ted recognizes him from Good Luck Charlie. <laughs> I thought I thought you were just making that up. Oh my god, <laughs> no! I never even heard of that show. I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, oh no, I don't see any Disney shows on here. Well, let's see what this Good Luck Charlie thing is. I was like, oh my god, thank you, it's a Disney show. <laughs> I mean, like, I, uh, I'm i looking at, like, the stills right now from his scene in Austin Powers, and man, like, yeah. his, his cheeks with his mustache, and when, like, he just gives, like, a scowl, it's iconic. Oh, yeah, he's just one of these other great character actors that Seinfeld snapped up for uh, another great role. Um, and he's he, uh, he worked with Second City, and I think that's why he pops up in a lot of stuff like Austin Powers. He's in Wayne's World. He's in yes. So I Married an Axe Murderer. It looks uh, like you he's, know, so he, he worked with Mike Myers a couple times. It looks like he's in Married with Children too. Oh, yeah, he was on an episode of the Drew Carey Show. Oh man, uh, he had a recurring segment on the George Carlin Show uh, back in the day. Uh, the Wonder Years, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a show this guy didn't work on. Murphy Brown, Family Ties, Cheers, Martin, ER, Deadwood, Desperate Housewives, Entourage. Wow. Uh, Ali McBeal, Speed Two, Cruise Control. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, here's another one you might know, Ted. The Inspector Gadget movie. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you, do you have I, any idea? I, I don't recognize him from the movie, but it, it's been just so long since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's. I think that's like '99. That's right in Ted's I'm, Ted's I'm, wheelhouse. I'm looking at a photo of him now from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and oh my God, he looks incredibly different. Like, yeah, yeah. It, just short hair, gray. His mustache is all gray. He he lost a little bit of girth from the mustache. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah, yeah he's. He's getting up there, but he's still putting in the work. Still definitely putting in the work. Um, and oh, he was on Lucky Louie too, which I watched on HBO. I know Louis, uh, Louis C.K. comes up a lot, <laughs> not in the best hey, light on this show. <laughs> hey, I-, I didn't even know that was a thing. I-, I didn't know he had a show before Louis on FX. Right, right. I really liked. I, I mean, you know, I, I liked Louis C.K. I've, I've said that before, but and so I watched Lucky Louie, and it was really, it was almost like a play because the sets were, you know, not perfect and was lit really weird. Uh huh. Um, you could tell he was trying to do something kind of different with it, uh, and and I really, I, I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was well written, just like I thought Louis was well written for crying out loud. I'm, um, I'm I'm just really thankful that we don't have like any Stan accounts that are gonna clip the audio of you just saying I like Louis C.K. and just post <laughs> that and that's it. <laughs> I like Louis C.K. I've said it before. <laughs> T- Tim, repeat after me. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Louis C.K. did anything wrong. 
Louis C.K. did anything wrong. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make it even <laughs> even easier for them and go. Look, I'm not gonna sit here and say pause. Louis C.K. did nothing wrong. Pause. Oh, but no, what I am gonna no, say is <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no. <laughs> They're like, oh, but uh, you took out the first part. No context. No. What have we done? <laughs> uh, I do have some more uh, trivia and info from the raincoats. Go for it. Uh, let me see. Oh, so they they chose um, Schindler's List definitely because it was a funny movie to kind of you know take down a peg and go. All right, you can be funny about this movie about a serious thing, but they chose it specifically supposedly because while Steven Spielberg uh, was making Schindler's List, he used to watch Seinfeld because he got so depressed making this movie about the Holocaust that he would watch Seinfeld to cheer himself up, and they heard about it, and so that's why they specifically chose Schindler's List, oh I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when Rudy, uh, speaking of Mike Haggerty, when Rudy is burning Frank's cabana wear at the very end of part one, he says, lousy, moth-ridden crap, and according to IMDb, that's actually Larry David's voice dubbed in. Really? Or Larry David ADR, yes. Wow. <laughs> I know, he didn't catch it this time. It, it sounded like Rudy. <laughs> I know. Again, it's from IMDb, so take it with a grain of salt. But sometimes they yeah, get that true. stuff from the the DVDs and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Judge Reinhold was uh, nominated for an outstanding guest actor in a comedy series for his role as Aaron wow, in this okay. episode. Yeah. <laughs> this. Here's the crazy thing. So was Jason Alexander for playing Randall Townsend in a show called Dream On. <laughs> yeah, so Judge Reinhold on Seinfeld was up against Jason Alexander for guesting on another role. But they both lost to Martin Sheen, who played a guy named Nick Brody on Murphy Brown. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, but kind of a, an interesting uh, Emmy nomination there. Larry David said the idea of making out during Schindler's List uh, must have come, I think this is from the, the DVDs, uh, too, must have come from sitting in Temple thinking about what would happen if I reached over and touched my wife's breast now or something like that. <laughs> you know, I just can't pay attention in there, and so my mind wanders, and I think that's why I put that in. I like that he's always thinking of, like, what's the most inappropriate thing I can do mm -hmm. right now? You know what I mean? So, like, Larry David is Larry David, like, uh, on Curb, you know? Pe like, he's playing himself, and I'm like, I don't even know if it's a caricature. You know? <laughs> I think I think what I've heard is that Larry David's like that's the that's the me if like I actually acted on all the stuff that I think about. You yeah, know? and I think George to an extent was that way too. Like if I was, you know, George doesn't act. George folds like a house of cards as he will in this episode pretty easily. But I think he goes even a step further than, than Larry David would. You know, you have these conversations in your head. You're like, I should have said that, you know. <laughs> and I think that's that's where a lot of Larry David's writing comes from. When I watch it, I'm like, he doesn't say, oh, I should have said that. He says, I did say that. Mm -hmm. And here's what happened, you know. <laughs> and I, I always really like that about it. Uh, let's see. the uh, for the for Oh, I, I wanted to mention this, too, about Schindler's List, because I mentioned that it was on TV. And I found this. And it cracked me up. It has nothing to do with Seinfeld except the fact that it's about Schindler's List. But it, it, they showed it on NBC in 1997, as I remember it. It was NBC, and it was totally commercial free, mm -hmm. except for like a little, um, a little, uh, what do they call it? Intermission in the middle. And the telecast was the first to receive a TVM rating. Now it's called TVMA, mm. but back then they, they had just been established earlier in '97, so it was the first thing to be shown on TV that got a TVM. And there was a congressman from Oklahoma. His name's Tom Coburn, and he said that in and I guess like he's just the guy that had to to jump on this and see if it if it would play for the Republicans. Big surprise! When you hear this, you're gonna go, "Oh yeah, Republicans, sure." Um, <laughs> he said in airing the title, NBC had brought television to an all time low with full frontal nudity, violence, and profanity, adding that it was an insult to decent minded individuals everywhere. Keep in mind, the nudity <sighs> you see is people being stripped as they go into a concentration camp. 
It's not. I mean, only there's, there's only someone like Tom Coburn it. could find that sexually arousing. <laughs> I was about to put him under a pretty big tent, if you know what I mean. But I'll just I'll just single him out because he came under fire from both Republicans and Democrats, and then he apologized, saying my intentions were good, but I obviously made an error in judgment and how I've gone about saying what I wanted to say. He just and then he was like, "What I meant was, Jesus the film Christ. ought to have been aired later at night when there would not be large number of children watching without parental supervision." So, like, because it came on, like, probably around. I mean, it was a three-hour movie, so it might have started around eight or whatever. I, I don't remember specifically, but mm-hmm. you know, keep in mind it's also not Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a movie about the Holocaust. So, I mean, what an idiot! <laughs> God damn it! I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same too. Because I could totally see. <laughs> Someone coming out and saying that. You know who I could see saying that? Uh, Mike Kelly from PA. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, he's like certainly just a no-name, lockstep party guy who's mm-hmm. like, oh, this will put me on the map. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Finally, someone's standing up to the big left-wing media, and then everyone will go, no, that's not. No, <laughs> no, no. That's fin- like, final, oh, whoops. Finally, the white man has his day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God, that's another bad thing that's going to be clipped out of context. <laughs> yeah, this is this is full of good stuff. Everybody, oh, no. everybody, jump on this. Uh, and here's another. So here's another weird Larry David thing. I think this is my last thing uh, about the episode. The guy who played Rachel's dad, uh, an actor named Stephen Perlman, he couldn't show up at the audience taping of the episode due to scheduling conflicts. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm like, what? Then we find another guy to be in that one tiny scene. I don't understand why <laughs> they needed to film him specifically. But so Larry David stood in for him during the taping of that scene, and then they redubbed the audience laughter from that performance to filming with Perlman for the broadcast episode. I'm like, that seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, I, that's um, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry, I can't be there that day. Oh, okay, we'll just find another. There's probably an actor walking down the street right now that can do it. <laughs> we, we we can probably like throw a wa- like wadded up napkin and hit five actors right now. Yeah, yeah. Just gra- grab someone from the extra pool, like an older man from Monks or something. Like there had to have been someone who could just deliver those lines. And I I, I just don't understand why they needed Stephen Perlman that bad. <laughs> but they got him, and thank goodness, it made all the difference. Uh, and I think that's all I have for uh, trivia and notes and, and homework and stuff like that. All right. Do you have any uh, any other like news bits? I don't think so. Okay. If you've never listened to us before, uh, we are not a research-heavy show. We like to do our homework the week after as though we are assigning it to ourselves. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, those ratings and reviews seriously do help a lot into uh, other people going to uh, going on to find our show. Uh, if you do leave us a rating and a review, we will send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker. When we get those made, those do not exist yet. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you have given us a rating and a review, please DM us or email us your address. We will not share it, but I, I need to know where the hell I'm sending these stickers <laughs> whenever we do have them. Uh, you can find links to our email and our Twitter uh, in the episode description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. It is at no hugging or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. That being said, season five, episode 20, The Fire, original air date, May 5th, 1994. I was one year, four months, and 15 days old. And Tim, now that we're kind of like halfway through the the run of the series i wanted to look this up 
because uh, we've made mention to this before that obviously there is a finite number of episodes to Seinfeld. So including this episode that we are about to talk about, do you want to know how many episodes we have left? Mm, I feel like Hulu tells me this when I open it up, but... Uh, I can't, I don't know, 100. There are 92 episodes oh. of Seinfeld left until we become a podcast about, uh, I, I don't know, ins- insert show here. Uh, Lucky you, Louie. Uh, until we become a podcast <laughs> about Lucky Louie. Uh, if you have a suggestion for that, uh, email us or tweet us as well. Uh, but I, I thought that was kind of fitting because, I mean, the whole... Yeah. Uh, one of the whole uh, original premises of this show was how old I was, and so we have 92 episodes left the the year I was born. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. How about that? Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, with uh, if you're looking in TV Guide the night of May 5th, 1994, you are going to see George panics during a fire at his girlfriend's son's birthday party and bolts for an escape route while Kramer's girlfriend has a heckling laugh that threatens to ruin Jerry's act <sighs> at a comedy club. Uh, I mean, I I haven't hated it as much as some, but it really does it really does just say way too it, much. It's it's not great. We'll uh, we'll see if we can make it better at the end of the episode. Yeah, and it's also all over the place, so I know it's going to be a <laughs> tough one to do. I, that's 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 what I mostly that's what I mostly upset about. So we start with the stand up bit as usual, and this is about birthday parties and how your first one and your last one are kind of the same. You know, you're you're so young, you don't know what's going on, or you're so old, you don't know what's going on. You have to be. You know, people have to help you blow out the candles. You have to be told that the people around you are your friends, and, and so on and so forth. What did Not you, bad. What, what did you think of it? Eh, I mean, it didn't. It didn't. I wasn't doubled over with laughter. Laughter, but and it was all. It also seemed like I don't know if if Jerry was. I don't think he was the first one to make remarks like this. So it, to me, it it wasn't. Uh, you know, wasn't uh, original. You know, yeah. It seemed derivative of other stuff that I'd seen or yeah. heard. I it got a chuckle out of me, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, uh, just not not bad, not great, but it gets us into the episode, and we open in Pendant Publishing, and there's a redhead lady who is sitting with Elaine and Kramer just raving about Kramer's idea for the coffee table book, <laughs> and Kramer is smoking a cigar inside, by the way. Oh, yeah. In an office. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's something you don't like think about that just doesn't. Uh, I mean, it, it's it has not been a thing for so long now that you see something like this and you're like, oh my god, yeah, people used to like smoke indoors, like in offices. Yeah, I guess it's. I guess it was fine. I mean, no one's saying anything. You know, it, it's just like it's just a prop. It's not even remarked about at all. Yeah, so just kind of shocking to see. Uh, Kramer has the idea that the book should have fold-out legs, so the coffee table book about coffee tables itself can become a coffee table. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Over in the apartment, Jerry's apartment, Elaine is mocking and complaining about this lady's laugh and her demeanor and her entire personality <laughs> and it is grating i got to agree uh-huh I, I i do really like how elaine puts it she's like it's like she's constantly on the price is right and she just like <laughs> starts waving arms she's like yeah yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> i wrote that as uh, elaine dancing two dot gif <laughs> Because Elaine Dancing one, we haven't gotten to that episode yet. But this is Elaine Dancing two dot gif. You, you've seen this one, right? Uh, no, I've never seen this no? as a gif. No, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a common like kind of celebration gif, even though she's doing it in a mocking way. In gif form, it's yeah, it's useful. I noticed a Superman on the bookshelf too. Superman, the, yeah. the figure is still yeah. back there on the bookshelf. Su- Superman is on the bookshelf, and Jerry's King Kong print is back on his wall. Oh, I didn't notice that. 
Jerry is trying out some material on Elaine, asking about, you know, talking about the remote and how men are hunters and women are nesters. That's kind of the punchline of the whole deal. But, you know, men, that's why men click around and women want to see what's on to see if they like it first. Yeah. And it's very just men be like this. Women (laughs) be like this. Yeah. Which was what 90s stand up comedy was all about. I feel like it was. (laughs) Uh, and and elaine's like i don't know don't ask me about jokes it's too much pressure and and jerry says oh come on that's gold baby and she's like baby what are you george now and he says he was saying baby way before george was saying baby but uh, jerry's nervous because leonard christian a writer from entertainment weekly is going to be at his show so he really wants to you know put on a good one so he gets a good review Mm -hmm. in entertainment weekly Kramer comes in and he's raving about the redhead who we now know is named Toby, which I had to go back and turn on captions. I was like, did I hear that right? Yeah. What, 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 did, was, you, what did you think it was? I, I thought it might be, might have been like Colby, but he said it weird. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, because Toby to me, like I've never met a woman named Toby. Neither have I, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a different name. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. What it's, is it short for something? Tobitha, maybe? Tobitha? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I or is it with an I E or a Y at the end? I E I feel like is more feminine. No, so. it, it's spelled at least in the in the subtitles. It's spelled T O B Y. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It, it's uh, but it's, I feel like it's very metropolitan too. Mm, yeah, metropolitan and cosmopolitan. It, it's and a it's it's a unisex name for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's going to bring Toby to Jerry's show and. Jerry's like, oh, great. You know, you should meet George there. He's coming with Robin. She's a waitress at the comedy club and also has a kid. And Jerry says that, you know, you should see George with this kid. He's actually pretty good with him. Cut to monks. <laughs> and the kid is under the table. And George is trying to control him. He's eating, uh, ac- uh, what, equal packets down there? Yeah, G- George, and- says, George says he's sucking down equal packets. <laughs> yeah. George acts the way I act when, my ki- when I'm in a restaurant <laughs> with my kids. Like, uh, eating, I, I love... I love the idea of going to out to restaurants because we used to go out to restaurants all the time when uh-huh. it was just me and Sarah. I mean, Friday and Saturday nights, we'd be out at like whatever, some cool restaurant. Uh-huh. And so I'm always like, oh, I think Declan got a good nap. Colleen even napped a little on the way back from the museum or she was on the cat. Like she's been chilling. I think they might be in a good. I think we can try to go eat out. And then we do it. And I'm, and it's the worst mistake of my life. I'm just panicking the whole time. There's drinks being spilled. Oh, no, no one's eating what we ordered. Oh, They're no. just coloring on the table. I'm like, oh. so I am George in this scene, like my hand on my forehead. I'm like, and no one's looking at us. Like they're not running. Like yeah. you hear the people that complain about kids at restaurants. Our kids are not that bad, in my opinion. Is, the is, people whose kids are that bad probably would say the same thing. So yeah. take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> is Sarah Robin in this scenario just like mine completely off of it, focusing on something? <laughs> else she gives them a little bit more leeway than i do yeah i okay. think they should act like like adults but they're not and and sarah gives them that <laughs> pass to kind of like they're they're not bothering anybody i'm like yes they are the whole restaurant hates us L- look literally no one is looking <laughs> at us they know yeah. what kids in a restaurant do <laughs> exactly and i'm not talking about like nice i'm talking about red robin or permanti yeah. brothers or, or like, i'm talking or like, about loud ass restaurants yeah. or, or like a bob evans or like an eaton park or something <laughs> eaton park yeah <laughs> and i'm still so stressed out about it even though we're like the nicest people that have ever been in an eaton park we're the cleanest people that have ever been in an eaton park man <laughs> how about these pennsylvania references for our international sweden come to permanis it's yeah good. you'll love it yeah actually if any of our swedish listeners are listening <laughs> Man, last week I was on the Idiotville podcast. I gave you guys a shout out and nice. ev- and everyone was amazed that we have a Swedish contingent of listeners. 
We yeah. And they're like, man, I want to be big in like everyone. Every meme is like, I want to be big in Finland, or they're like, man, I, I want to be big in Scandinavia, uh, because <laughs> no one knows. At least on the Idiotville podcast, no one knows where Sweden is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's Europe. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that. Um, yeah, yeah. I meant I meant to mention that at the top of the show or the end of the show. Is there anything I want to mention about uh, Idiotville? You being on the show, it came out uh, the twenty third. Yes, it comes out the twenty yeah. third. Yeah, yeah it came, it's on the twenty third. Yeah, it, it came out uh, a week ago from this episode coming out. Uh, so uh, I, you, you can definitely go listen to it in wh- wherever you're listening to this episode. It's uh, a- Apple Podcasts, uh, the iHeartRadio app. I think they're on Spotify as well. Um, but uh, definitely go check it out. They they asked me like all about this show. They asked me about like uh, my uh, my like radio career and like my my wrestling career. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it was it was a fun time. I'm definitely gonna check it out, and I'm giving it the highest honor. I'm bumping it up to the next episode I listen to rather Ooh. than making rather than putting it at the bottom of the three gig <laughs> podcast queue that I have. So wow. I'm gonna listen to so, it. Yeah, next. So I'm gonna, gonna hit it this week. You're gonna hit it this week instead of like in August. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh God, I would love to be through this queue by August. I don't think I will. I just I look mean, at it so daunting. I, I mean hey, now that you have a drive to work instead of a train ride, like you you, you can actually be burning through them a little bit. I might be, I might be, yeah. Um, <laughs> even though I think that the my car commute's a little bit shorter than the train ride, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just look at that list, and every time I add something to it, I'm like, oh, God, I'm never going to make it. Uh, we'll Ashton see. Kutcher oh. was on Mark Marin. damn it! <laughs> I'm, I, I just listened to a Doug Love movies from Christmas. Jeez. Okay, that's yeah. not that bad. You're only, I know, yeah. you're only two months out. Yeah. And you know what's killing me? Not to, like, uh, advertise another... Because uh, I don't listen to every single episode of every podcast anymore. Oh, neither except, do I. Oh my god! Except the Office ladies. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm I, loving it. I I heard that was really good. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't even have to have seen the Office recently, you just have to have watched it. Like I like I kind of watch Seinfeld, you know, just like catch the reruns mm-hmm. whenever they're on, which is all the time on Comedy Central. Um, and and you'll just you'll love the show. I mean, this. All the stories that they have from set and people and like they call people on the phone like Rain Wilson and like <laughs> and God, it's it's just the best. And who is it? Pam and Angela. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much the best. So I and so I have to download every single episode of that. Man, the day that like Jerry and like Jason Alexander create a Seinfeld podcast, oh we're my fucked. gosh, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I don't see Jerry doing it, but I see. Probably, I think Jason Alexander would be would be the one to like anchor it. Maybe Jason and, then, and like yeah. Julia, maybe. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I don't know how you'd feel about this, Ted, but I could see Michael Richards being a part of it too. Uh, <laughs> uh buddy. I I could see that happening. That that would that would be amazing. What would they call it? We've taken all the good names. They would have to be Podfeld. They would have to be Podfeld. Oh my god. <laughs> All the two good names are taken, so that's all that's left. <laughs> um, so, all right, where where are we? Where the hell? Are- oh, yeah, so we're at Monk's. I was talking about how I, I commiserate with George trying to control yes. this kid that's under the table, who we never see, by the way. Oh, no, we must see him at the party, but we don't know which one he is, do no, we? No, we don't. Yeah, that's pretty funny. He could be any um, of those kids. Yeah. Uh, and she's talking about planning a birthday party. Uh, the, Rachel, Robin is, sorry. Robin is talking about planning a birthday party. And she's like, what do you think? 25 kids, too many. And George is like, what? Yeah, of course that's too many. <laughs> that's crazy that, uh, you know, you need to invite that many people. She's like, what do you think for entertainment? How about a clown? 
And George starts talking about Bozo the oh Clown. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, which, you know, of course, I remember Bozo still being on the air on WGN when I was growing up, like Saturday morning cartoons, the Bozo the Clown, yeah, whatever, like, super what, show, whatever it was called. Wh- when was Bozo on the air? Because I remember Bozo, and I thought it was a current thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think if I was going to guess, I would say it's just a guy who... It's like a this the makeup was handed down from person to person as they pass as bozos passed away. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. I'll tell you what we'll we'll put some bozo homework down for next week. <laughs> you right. remember the bucket game, right? Yes, I love oh the bucket my game. Gosh. I always wanted to go on bozo because again, I thought it was a current thing. But yeah. here I here I am watching all these kids who are now like forty when I'm watching it probably. Well, they might have been still making it when you were watching it we'll have to we'll have to see because i i know that I'm, I'm pretty sure the ones i was watching were new so that would have been like late 80s let's say okay okay i was probably watching it in like mid to late 90s yeah i would say that they might have still been producing it at that point hmm all right but that bucket game i think is why you know millennials and zennials love beer pong so much oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> Yeah, Bozo pretty much <laughs> was at the forefront of beer pong popularity. Oh my God, Bozo created beer pong. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I think that. Yeah, I think that's why it's so popular. We still think we're going to win some. Uh, you know, we think we're going to win a Nintendo Entertainment System if we get that last cup. You know, <laughs> but it never happens. You just get morning Cause, sickness because it's like twenty five feet away. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it's the size of a solo cup. <laughs> I hosted a, a morning show with a guy named uh, Nate, and he had a very funny story about the first time he cursed in front of his mom. You know, you kind of remember that, right? Yeah. Um, the the first time you let one slip, uh-huh. and he was he was watching the Bozo Show, and some kid <laughs> made it in the last cup, and he was like, "Damn!" And his mom heard it, and he got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a quick story about um about the first time you cursed? Uh, it's always. It's, Usually a pretty good story. I, I think, uh, oh man, I, I think uh, the, the first time it was like a big curse word. Like the first yeah. time I said like fuck in front of my dad, like we're, we're trying to like, uh, like replace like my stereo in my car and uh, like I, I'm trying to like rip out like our, my old head unit on this thing. Are you like 16 at this point? Like right at 16? Like 16, 17. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm trying to like rip it out and like it gets stuck and I it snaps back on my finger and I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And he just kind of looks at me and I'm like, sorry. And he's like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> Ted's own version of a Christmas story. <laughs> I didn't um, have to wash my mouth out with soap, though. <laughs> I, of course, mine was a movie quote. I was watching Back to the Future, and there's a part where, and this isn't even really a bad one, but it still counts as a curse to your parents when you're the age that I was. In the first Back to the Future, I was watching it at home, and it, Marty says, you know, Doc's running around going, 1.21 gigawatts, and Marty goes, what the hell is a gigawatt? And I repeated that line, what the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> and then my mom, I got, a, I got in a little trouble for saying hell, what the hell. I, I do remember one time I said the word penis whenever I was like six, maybe. <laughs> uh, but Like it, as an exclamation, like, ah, oh, penis. No, like that? no, oh. at, like talking about like the term, like the, the anatomical term, because uh, whenever my dad would always like fall asleep watching The Man Show with oh Jimmy gosh. Kimmel and and uh, 
Adam Carolla, and I said the word penis one time, and I I didn't see my mom and dad's reaction, but I I know for a fact, because we weren't allowed to watch it, we weren't allowed to watch that, Celebrity Deathmatch, South Park, uh, but I I know for a fact it was my mom looking at my dad with a death glare, and my dad, you've probably seen me do this look, uh, but my dad just going... (laughs) <laughs> and, and just kind of like chuckling and like looking straight down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough not to laugh sometimes when you're supposed to be reprimanding. <laughs> that's, uh, that's happened to me several times. <laughs> so uh, George, you know, is talking about how this birthday is out of control and like kids don't need to have birthdays like that. Cut away to George's seventh birthday. The rare Seinfeld cutaway. We don't see this very often, but yeah. I thought this one was hilarious. It's, oh, it's yeah. a... What a seven-year-old George in front of his cake and both of his parents shot from the back screaming at him. His dad screaming at him to blow out the candles and his mom is screaming at his dad to stop yelling at George. And George is just like, you can see his anxiety building inside of him that yeah, it, exists to this day. Yeah, it's, Neuroses. Uh, it, it's, it's not often that we get a cutaway, like you said, but this is a great one. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. And like, I, I, like I've said before, even when Frank Costanza is not technically on the episode, he's still funny. <laughs> it's, it's just always funny um and it, it, it's it's shot like an old home movie too so it's it's pretty interesting like that mm-hmm. like you would see a video from whenever george was seven uh you know so that that's kind of interesting too that style choice that they made with it the kid's name is ben by the way we learned that somehow uh, at we, the end of this we, scene we, we learn it because i think he starts biting george's leg and, uh-huh. and george is like ow ben ben stop it <laughs> yeah and he throws some more sugar packets down too. <laughs> Uh, over at Pendant Publishing, Toby comes into Elaine's office and uh, mentions that there's an opening for senior editor because one of the guys left for another company. Ooh. And Elaine, you know, Toby is sort of like she's really fishing for compliments this whole conversation, like telling Elaine, you know, saying nice things about Elaine and hope that Elaine would, would say nice things about her. But but <laughs> what finally gets Elaine to take the bait is is Toby saying, oh, Elaine, you should get it. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's a real possibility. And then she sees Toby kind of silent and she's like oh i mean you could you probably could get it too and toby's like what you think so <laughs> like you said stranger things have happened <laughs> oh my god i'm trying to think of like who this woman reminds me of uh but like i know you wouldn't know this but like there's uh one of the women on good mythical morning uh she she reminds me of the woman who is playing toby like like Rhett and link's youtube series yeah yeah. Okay. It, uh, but you, you'll have to like, I'll, I'll send you a link of one of the one of the videos that she's on, and you'll you'll be like, oh my god, this is spot on. <laughs> okay. I can't believe that there would be a real person like this, but I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> I mean, the, the the real person is much more subdued. Uh, <laughs> she, she's not nearly as annoying as Toby. <laughs> Over at the improv. Jerry uh, comes into the bar. Ronnie is there. Ronnie, the prop comic. And he starts talking about whether his nostrils have gotten bigger or not. And then Kramer and Toby come in. And Toby is over-the-top excited, as she always is. But she's over-the-top excited to be at a comedy club. And she's doing this thing that that a lot of people... I don't know what you'd call it, like personality mimicry or whatever. Like, she is trying to be funny because she is at a comedy club. Which is, like, super, you know... Like she's throwing out one-liners and and joking with Jerry and Kramer, and it's like you don't try to out comic the comics. It's, yeah, it's just annoying. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's important that uh, we do uh, point out, and I don't know if this is showing showing our hand for the end of the episode, 
Uh, but uh, Ronnie, the prop comic, can't find his water gun. Oh, my God, I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's freaking out about it. He can't go on. He can't do his act without his water gun. <laughs> I had no idea that was a callback. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for pointing that out. I, I, wow. didn't, I didn't even realize it was a callback until I realized I had written down that can't find his water gun. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, wow. But uh, while performing, Toby is just being so obnoxious and is talking and cackling to the point of distracting every other person there. Ugh. And, oh, my God, it, it made me think of, like, uh, Grace and I went and saw Ron Funches in Buffalo. And oh, no. he, he has this, like, uh, really good bit where if people are talking during his set, he'll be like, oh, no, you finish. I'll wait. Oh jeez! Like I, I'm, I'm get, I'm getting paid to be up here. I'm, I have to be off stage at a certain time. I'll, I'll wait for you guys to finish your conversation. Yowza! <laughs> yeah, I hate being. I, I, I feel like uh, secondhand cringe whenever someone ever oh, hecklers are out, you know, too. taken out because those guys. I mean, that's what they. That is what they do. I mean, they've got and they will like just make you feel like a, the biggest dumbass that you are for talking or whatever you're doing during your during their set. Oh God, it, I I was getting I, I was cringing during this for sure. Yeah, I, and she thinks I feel like she thinks she's augmenting because she's laughing. She's over the top laughing. I think she thinks she's helping Jerry. Like, oh my gosh, that's so true. You know, but she's not. She's annoying the entire audience. Yeah. And and then when he gets to the part, he's doing the remote bit, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, because men hunt and women nest. And she goes, oh, boo, boo, hiss. Yeah, she starts hissing at him. Yeah, as if he said something insulting about women. Uh, well, I, 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 well, I mean that. That punchline isn't great toward towards women, but I, I guess yeah. I mean, it's just, but it just it's just so like caveman oriented that I'm like, uh-huh. oh, you know, it's 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 like talking about our our basic caveman instincts. I don't think there's there's anything too politically incorrect about it. Yeah, you know, it's not like you're saying men should be working and women shouldn't be. You know, it's <laughs> like it's talking about the the Jesus. way our tribes were set up millions of years ago or whatever. Another thing that's going to be taken out of context. Way to go, Tim. <laughs> Jesus. What a great episode this is. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, I had a friend, by the way, who was an actor for a, a period of time, like basically all of his 20s, I'll say, uh, up in New York City. And he like, he would get so incensed when he saw like this episode in particular or somebody not respecting the the actor or the stage audience relationship where it's like your job is to sit there and not interact. Uh-huh. And like even if even if it seems like they're talking to you, they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, Jerry seems like he's talking to you, the audience member, but he's not. You're not. It's not a two. It's a one way street, you know? Uh huh. Uh huh. And he would get so like, I remember being at a show with him one time and like there were some kids like close to the front and they were like kind of, you know, they were get, really getting into the show. They were like, I don't know, seven or eight or something like that. And the actors probably didn't think anything of it, but the kids like were a little too again enthusiastic about being there and like I-, I feel like oh I bet the actors appreciated that they could see they were touching these kids and my buddy Nick I don't know if he listens like he was just like oh just incensed like just, <laughs> just so angry just he wanted to like go down and, and like slap those kids around oh like, my I god <laughs> yeah I was, like, I was like I don't think it's that big of a deal you know <laughs> but, but he just really respected the stage audience relationship and how it's just a complete one way street I mean sure there's you know exceptions but for the most part you know yeah yeah <laughs> um but, but but one take back too i was i was uh i, I wasn't heckling david tell but i was called out by david tell because <laughs> i was with the same friend up in new york we were at a david tell show at where were we stand up live or something a, co- a comic strip live and 
I like you know we've been drinking all night and we're getting towards the end of the show. He was the last comic. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming around to get uh, to get the checks and stuff like that. All the waiters and I'm like the next waiter that comes over that clears a path for me. I'm gonna get up or else I'm gonna wet my pants right here in the middle of this comedy club. <laughs> and so I get up and I'm like no one's gonna notice because I'll look like a waiter. But I get up and sure enough, guess who notices? Dave Attell. Oh no. Who asked me, hey, where are you going? Where's that guy going? And I was like, uh, I'm and I don't know how I was able to think this quick, but I kind of shot him something back i was like oh I'm, I'm going to the bathroom can you wait can you like pause until i get back and i don't remember what he said but um <laughs> you know he, he didn't like lay into me i i want to say like maybe he was like oh you know that wasn't that wasn't a bad response like you know not that i like roasted him yeah but i wasn't caught in the middle of like the the david tell cross i feel like he could have been a lot harder on me you know yeah for sure <laughs> and, and especially uh, like that that, that- coming from someone in the audience uh i feel like if you make the person and this is not like an endorsement of heckling or anything if you make <laughs> yeah. the comic like even chuckle they can't they can't lay into you anymore yeah 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 and i feel like you know i mean i could have gone out and no one would have noticed mm-hmm. he, he picked me he he pointed at me and was like where's that guy going you know <laughs> um but then here's the crazy thing i was going to watch the rest of the show from the back of the comedy club but instead he starts like ribbing the table that I was at with my buddy Nick, who he said had a Duke lacrosse player type smile, which was <laughs> hilarious. I'll never forget it to this day. That was a roast. That was a Dave Attell roast, you know? And, and, and then he asked, he asked Sarah, who I was there with, if she was there with anybody, if, if she was single. And she was like, no, you know, I have, God, I don't remember if we were married or not at that point. Uh, but anyway, she's like, no, he's like, well, where's your boyfriend? And she's like, he was the one that got up and she pointed at me in the back of the comedy club. And then Dave Attell was like, do you want to come back and sit down? And I was like, uh, Sure. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it was just the craziest interaction. Like, I, you know, just the the just a pretty amazing night. I got to say, you know, not everybody gets that experience when they go see David Tell. It was pretty awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, back at the bar, Jerry is like completely thrown off by Toby's act during his act, and so Jerry is like freaking out first Kramer comes in he's like what the hell was that all about and Kramer's like oh she's just enthusiastic which you might have heard you know that's the same kind of word that I used about those kids who were like interacting with the the actors that we were watching the the play we saw she's just enthusiastic uh while Toby comes in and Jerry like confronts her and like starts screaming at her about what the hell are you doing and and she was like you know that uh, that's that's part of the show is Mm -hmm. is like being able to you know be heckled and give something back and Jerry's like no that's not part of the show (laughs) which is you know an extension of the argument we were just just talking about yes Back in Robin's apartment, George is, uh, this is the birthday party, and George is talking to the clown about Bozo. The clown <laughs> has never heard about Bozo. Do you, they get kind of an, an argument about Bozo. I, I like that yeah. George is like, he was Bozo the clown. He's the clown. Bozo the clown. Yeah, George is personally insulted and offended <laughs> when like people don't know who Bozo is. But I can understand him here that the clown doesn't know. That'd be like if I asked you, like Ted, do you know Casey Kasem? You're like, no, never heard of him. <laughs> like Ted, come on, you're a you're a you're a radio DJ. You've never heard of one of the most legendary radio DJ. No, sorry, man. You know, you're stuck <laughs> on some guy who you know who was big in the '60s, which he was. But like, sure, he was a legend. So I, I you know, I, I kind of think of it that way. Yeah, I I I could also see the clown just I, I don't know maybe not knowing who Bozo is. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I the the clown too is like this is just a gig, man. You know, I, I'm just doing this for money. I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be. I'm not going into clowning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to be a professional clown for the rest of my life. I'm just doing this for spare cash, almost. Yeah, if I could extend the metaphor, it'd be like asking one of our promotions team members, like, "Oh, have you heard of Dave Ryan?" 
Like, no, like, oh my, you haven't heard of Dave, like, he's on in Minneapolis, one of the most prolific, you know, uh, radio entertainers. He comes up with the great ideas. And like, no, look, I'm just doing this for, you know, look, I'm, I'm just doing this for money. Yeah, I, look, I don't want to be in radio. I'm, I'm 20. I'm just doing this for like a couple <laughs> hours a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to tag Dave Ryan in this that we uh, talked about him. Maybe we get some, <laughs> some free pub. Uh, but did you recognize the clown? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, Ted, this is. John Favreau. Wait for real? Yeah, Holy the writer and director of Swingers and Made, uh, and then the future director of Iron Man, the mover and shaker in the Marvel <laughs> universe. The writer and director of Elf. Oh my God, I had no idea. John Favreau, Johnny Favs. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Because I was wow. like, his makeup's pretty. His makeup is pretty thick. You know, it's clown makeup. But I'm like, his his voice is pretty identifiable. And then later on, his makeup is smeared. So I thought you might have caught onto it then. No, I, I never never caught on to it. Jeez. Yeah, the, the man responsible for the launch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Johnny Favs. Uh, so Robin's mom is there, and she calls George a lovely young man, <laughs> and he has a little exchange with her, and then George smells smoke. And so he goes into the kitchen, and he's, he's like, does anyone smell smoke? I kind of smell smoke. He walks into the kitchen, and he sees that something is on fire. Mm-hmm. He runs out of the kitchen, pushes Eric the Clown. That's the <laughs> Eric... Eric the Clown pushes Eric the Clown over and an, ide- an unidentified lady in a walker who we never even meet <laughs> who's making her way slowly across the kitchen floor. She, he pushes her down and all of the kids he pushes out of the way of the door and then uh, cut to the street where George is uh, sitting in an ambulance with like a blanket around him mm-hmm. and he's got the uh, oxygen mask and he's talking about how it was an inferno in there. Eric the Clown runs over and starts beating george with his big shoe uh robin's mom also lays into him all the kids run over and and start attacking him as well yeah and uh we we get the line that's the coward that left us to die and i had to go back and watch this because i'm like did george close the door on everyone when he was like on his way out but does he he i don't know it fades Uh, it starts fading like whenever he gets to the door and it's unidentifiable by the time he's out of the door. But th- with his body motion, with like his uh, his uh, body language, it definitely looks like he closes the door on everyone <laughs> once he's out in the hallway. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> he he for sure like was the first one out of the building. Oh, and at oh the my very God, least, yeah. that could be seen as like leaving leaving us to die. You know, there's kids like who may not known which direction the stairwell was. It's their first time in that apartment building, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he did. He left them all to die. Uh, you know, cut to uh, Robin Street once again. George is trying to cover for his cowardice by saying he was a leader in that situation. He was first <laughs> out because he was leading everybody to safety. He was a hero. He was being brave. And then Robin at that point says, you yelled, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she said she saw him pushing and knocking everyone else down. <laughs> and he's and George is like, "Well, what are you supposed to do in a fire? You get close to the ground." <laughs> what That's did, when it, yeah. what, what did you think of George's line here? That this is very like uh we live in a society vibes. Uh but he's like, "What kind of a topsy-turvy world do we live in where heroes are cast as villains, brave men as cowards?" <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, it could be filed under that <laughs> under we live in a society. Uh, and a fireman walks up to George right after, you know, as his lie is crumbling and and says, "How do you live with yourself?" And George immediately just goes, "It's not easy." <laughs> 
<laughs> and we've seen this we've seen this play out several times and it's one of the things that I kind of mentioned about George earlier is that like his lies are built on a house of cards you know uh-huh. I mean? like it's just they're going to topple with just the slightest provocation like and I mentioned it before like as long as no one calls him on it, and I've said it this is kind of the same thing as long as no one calls me on it I can you know I, I can I can lie pretty well or whatever but the second anyone's like wait what do you mean by that like oh uh, uh, uh I don't uh, 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 forget uh, I I guess I was wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Back at Monk's, Robin does not want to see George anymore. And Jerry, you know, is is like just messing with George. But George takes his argument like, God, I wish I would have said that. George is like, so you think women and children first is is kind of an antiquated notion. And George is like, yeah, they should be patting me on the back for treating everyone as equals. Yeah. They should be commending me. Jerry's just calmly seeing like just how (laughs) insane George is. But I I really liked his line, like even his delivery with us. He's like, did you knock her over too or just the kids? (laughs) Yeah. And then I think he says like, I I knocked her over too. Something like that. Uh, and Eric, Eric the clown, put out the fire with his big shoe. <laughs> and uh, we we learned that uh, George is like, and I stepped on somebody's arm. I'm not sure whose it was. <laughs> it, it was some. It was somebody's arm. Yeah, it was definitely an arm. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's world is not much better. The Leonard Christian article has come out in Entertainment Weekly, and it eviscerates Jerry. Mm-hmm. His he has a gig that was in Miami that was just canceled. Basically, the article says that Jerry can't handle being heckled, and that he froze like a deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah. But Jerry says he was holding back on, like, normally he would have gone into his heckler routine on her, but he was holding back because it's Kramer's girlfriend or whatever, which you can kind of understand. I mean, like, there are those cases, like, we just lived through one last episode where nobody said anything about Elaine's close-talking boyfriend because, whatever, it's Elaine's boyfriend. We're not going to say anything. Exactly, you know? yeah. Why be mean? <laughs> George says that you should go to Toby's office and heckle her. And Jerry's like, well, yeah, that's like the old joke. You know, oh, I don't come down to where you work and heckle you, but... George is like, you should actually do it this time. And he talks <laughs> Jerry into it. And George is like, this is great. There's no precedent. And Jerry said, there's no precedent, baby. Or no, <laughs> George says it's unprecedented. And Jerry says it's no precedent, baby. And then George calls him out like, you using my babies now? <laughs> <laughs> so over at Pendant Publishing, Jerry walks in and he starts heckling Toby about her sandals, about how wearing sandals in the workplace. You can, oh, yeah, I love working with the smell of feet. And we can check on her bunions. And, you know, he's... <laughs> you know, heckling her until she runs out crying. And, and then, then we, yeah, this is, this is the weirdest sequence here. We get a car screech. We hear Toby yell, my pinky toe. And then a super close up on Kramer just going, Oh, Oh, oh. and, <laughs> yes, and that's it. Kind of and yeah. that is it. And there is a, a wide aerial shot of a New York city street as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is one of the things. And I'm like, indicating I, that she made it, from her office on whatever floor down to the street in like a matter of seconds, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever floor Pendant is on in, in this building. <laughs> yeah. So in Jerry's apartment, we find out what has happened. A street sweeper severed Toby's toe Yeah, it, it, as she ran out into the street. Yeah, it ran over her foot. And I, I'm I'm sorry. I am not an expert on this by any means, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's not how that happens. Uh, yeah, I I have such a hard time suspending my disbelief for this. <laughs> it seems really weird. Like I don't know what part of the street sweeper, like the tire, the thing that sweeps, what I, I, possibly? I, I, why only her pinky toe? Uh, yeah, w- w- it, 
she's wearing she's wearing sandals. I'm guessing we, we don't get the clarification, but I'm guessing they're open toe. Right. Uh, I don't know. I know it, it seems it seems impossible. I, I I don't know how that would have happened. I don't know what kind of cutlery is underneath, <laughs> and that's a tough toe to only get. That that's the only toe you get. Yeah. Why why not the big toe? You know. Totally. Totally. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kramer, you know, they, they take her to the hospital. Then Kramer looks around and he finds the toe. Mm-hmm. So he starts hightailing to the hospital and he decides to take a bus to the hospital. And while he's on the bus, a guy pulls a gun. Uh-huh. Kramer goes up and knocks out the robber. The driver passes out. Pause real quick. Like yeah. in the middle of this like story that Kramer is is telling to Jerry and George. Did you hear the baby cry? No, <laughs> there what? is there is a loud baby cry in the audience. Like in one of the breaks of Kramer's sentences, you just hear. What in the world? <laughs> yeah. I did not notice that. I might have to go back I, and take was, a listen to it that. It was so loud that I thought it was in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they invited that. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> lady back. <laughs> she had a baby in the time. She had a baby. Came back. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, it's clearly just like. Some some woman in the audience who had her baby there, who just tried to like shush him. Uh, but you think someone actually had a baby in the Seinfeld audience? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. That sounds impossible. That sounds like they wouldn't let anybody in. They'd say no, no babies. I, I I don't know what else it would be. It's either a crew member or it's someone in the audience had a baby while this episode was filming. It has to be a worker. I mean, are you sure it's not just like somebody whose laugh sounds like a baby? I'm one hundred percent certain that it is a baby cry. Um, now, now I really need to investigate. Now I definitely have to go back and investigate and see what see what the deal with this baby is. Because I, I I know so Seinfeld was definitely filmed out in L.A. and I remember like trying to go when my grandparents lived out in L.A. Um, you know, trying to go and get tickets to stuff. And the only uh-huh. stuff that you could get tickets to if you were under thirteen was like Wheel of Fortune oh, and stuff man. like that. Um, so if you wanted to go see like a real sitcom, I think you had to be older than you know older than thirteen, which a baby is not. Uh huh. <laughs> or maybe I, even maybe I, maybe even older than eighteen I'm, or something. I'm but. certain that it was a baby cry. Well, we, yeah. we we can look it up though. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to see if I can hear this. Uh, but so Kramer is like going off on like obviously I'm not doing it justice. Just sort of like giving the the, the um, cliff notes of what he is what, his adventure on the bus because mm-hmm. the the driver passes out. Kr- Kramer's driving the mugger. Uh, starts it comes to after being knocked out by Kramer. He starts choking Kramer, and Kramer kicks him out of the next stop. And <laughs> and George, I think, goes. You kept making all the stops, or maybe it's Jerry. One it, of those it, two. It, yeah, it was Jerry. And and he's like, well, people kept ringing the bell. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, this whole sequence is in the greatest hits pantheon of of Seinfeld performances. <laughs> this was this was so good. Like just yeah. even. Even Michael Richards, like physical acting, like he's he's reenacting everything he's doing to the mugger. Uh, yeah. he, he's reenacting like kicking him off the bus and driving like, the bus, being choked. Yeah, <laughs> but he got her the pinky toe. Yes, the toe's been reattached. <laughs> but like G- George oh. even says, is like you did all this for a pinky toe, and Kramer, being the the weird kind of perv that we've learned he is, uh, he's like, well, it's a valuable appendage. <laughs> it's a valuable appendage. Yeah, everyone's sort of—I uh, don't know where it comes up—but uh, there, there is a debate about how important the pinky toe is. Uh, Elaine, I think. Oh, that's later. Elaine talks about how it's got—you know—it's—it's it's the worst toe. It's got that little nail that you can't even cut. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. 
but Kramer thinks it's a very important. I would say if I had to lose a toe, of course I'd go pinky. You know, and maybe I wouldn't even in in this day and age. I'd have to look at what my what it would cost me to get it reattached as to whether <laughs> I would do it or not. If it was a thousand dollars, I'd say no. Yeah, like the the pinky toe. No, if it's the big toe, like the big toe actually like really helps you with balance. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. If it was my big toe, I'd get my big toe reattached. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But no, like, you I, can't put a price on the big toe, but the pinky toe. I mean, does that sound like five hundred bucks? Nothing. I'd say. Yeah, fine. I could I could scrounge up five hundred bucks for a See, pinky toe, but a thousand, forget it. I think five hundred's uh, a lot, honestly. I, I, you think that's? I don't, I don't. I don't know what healthcare costs these days. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't go to the doctor. I'm one of those people. <laughs> We're just getting into like what's the what's the Arrested Development like? Oh, a banana. Like, well, it's it, a ban- one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars. It's a pinky toe. What could, what could it cost? Five hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of uh, the Big Lebowski, too. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. I can get you a toe by, by noon or whatever Walter says to him. God. Uh, I can get you a pinky toe. At Pendant, the employees are telling Elaine about Toby, and then Toby comes in, and everyone's really babying her and crowding into Elaine's office and, like, knocking her over, oh, knocking yeah. all the crap off of her desk <laughs> just to, like, you know, rally around Toby and her, her, her pinky toe. It's just a total bum rush, really. Do you think Toby is a pun now because the toe has become such a big joke? Oh my god! It's I gotta didn't be even right. Think of that. It's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Jerry's apartment, we find out that Toby got the promotion because of the pinky toe, and <laughs> this is where Elaine says, "You know, what's the big deal about a, a lo- almost losing a pinky toe? It's you know not not even it's, it's the worst toe." But the first thing that to- that Toby is going to get to is Kramer's book. Yes, yes. Uh, I did. I really liked Jerry's line here, like super serious. And he's like, "Because Elaine, that's the toe that goes wee 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 all the way home." Uh, yeah, yeah. And Elaine says, "You know what? Shut the." And right as she's about to curse, <laughs> uh, Kramer opens his door. Yeah. And that's who, that's how we find out that his book is first on the docket for new senior editor Toby the Toe <laughs> Tolerson. <laughs> we don't know her last name. I just. <laughs> Over at the improv, Leonard Christensen is coming back to see Jerry because he begged and pleaded to give him another shot. Ronnie calls Jerry Rosa Parks for Yee. going to <laughs> for going to Toby's office and heckling her there. He's like, everyone always says they're going to do it. You actually have broken ground and opened new doors for comics by doing it. And uh, we, we get a Larry David voice here. He's the one yeah. who says, please welcome Jerry Seinfeld. Sometimes we do catch it. <laughs> it's always anytime you need ADR, it's always Larry David. Yeah, he's the stage announcer. Pretty pretty much all the time, it's Larry David. Yeah. So Jerry exits to go to the stage. Right at the same time, George comes in to talk to Robin, and he says that Kramer's story. Uh, you called him Batman earlier. He was like, "You're Batman." The way that you drove, you know, took over the bus and kicked mm-hmm. out the mugger and stuff. And so he says Kramer has changed him. He's a changed man now, and he's not going to act as cowardly as he has in the past uh, on stage. Jerry's doing a Bozo the Clown bit, and the crowd is loving it, oh, yeah. including... Oh, yeah they're, yeah, they're eating it up. Including Steve Aoki, who I saw in the audience. <laughs> I It looks just like Steve Aoki. He's got the long hair. He's got the mustache. I'm like, yeah. man. I'm so glad you think so. I was like, that, that's there's, there he is. Like, there's, there's obviously no way it's Steve Aoki in 1994, but wow. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's Steve Aoki. It's noted time traveler Steve Aoki enjoying... <laughs> Being an extra on the set of Seinfeld. 
Uh, so cut back to the bar really quick. We got some quick cuts here back and forth as we go mm-hmm. from the stage to the bar. Robin is thinking. She's like, let me think about it, you know, giving George one more chance after. But then, you know, we see Ronnie holding up the bartender saying, give me all your money or something like that. And he's got that aforementioned gun that we were talking about uh-huh. that Ted noticed earlier. And George, you know, stops and we're, you know, we're led to think like, all right, what's he going to do in this moment? Is he going to be like Batman and Kramer or is he going to be like George? And he reverts immediately because all of his everything George does is built on a house of cards. He immediately yells, he's got a gun. And the crowd in the bar panics. The crowd in the stage room panics. And everybody runs out. George comes. I mean, so Jerry comes into the bar entrance and says to George, "Uh, can I have a word? Because his you know second performance, his second shot at being an Entertainment Weekly in a favorable light has been ruined. Yeah, and uh, at that moment, like uh, Robin comes over with Ronnie, and uh, like to even tell George, like this is Ronnie, whatever his last name is. He's yeah. a prop comic, and George in that moment, and uh, everyone in the bar area knows. Okay, it's a water gun. <laughs> yeah and even george is like you oh you look a little different are you do and and ronnie has a callback to something he said earlier oh it's my nostrils they're bigger or something like that <laughs> but wow this uh this did not age well you know oh oh like uh about mass shootings and stuff yes like a, a joke about like oh someone has a gun you know like holy shit <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i mean but but then again it is a person that george knew too it I mean, is not that not that someone you know can't shoot up a place, but he should have known that he was a prop comic because he's like, oh, the prop comic. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, you look you look different or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I mean, like, it, it just it just felt weird watching, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny that I didn't get that feeling though. Okay. Yeah, but no, just that's just one of the one of the many differences of why we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, just trying to just trying to like point out the differences between like now and when these episodes aired. I mean, obviously. Uh, like Sandy Hook hadn't happened yet. Columbine hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. All, like insert like the four or five mass shootings every week haven't happened yet. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have one more stand-up bit, and this is about the fire map on the hotel, the back of the hotel door, and how the last thing Jerry's going to do in a fire is you know study a map on the back of the door, um, and he'd probably get lost and have to go back and look at it anyway. And it also, I think, said don't panic. But, you know, this is the one case where, you know, you hold hold it together most of the time. A fire in your hotel is the one time you're allowed to panic or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) um, That's pretty much it. Yeah. It was, again, it was okay. Uh, But I I did notice here, Jerry's wearing the same thing here as he was in the final scene taking place in the comedy club. And and I know we've touched on before that his stand-up scenes kind of exist in, like, this vacuum of time where they're kind of timeless, right? But, like... He's wearing the exact same thing. So did this happen before the crowd rushed out? Did the crowd like rush back in? And <laughs> and this is that same set? Uh, I I would like to know, but I, we're never going to find out. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, maybe it is maybe it's before the rush out. <laughs> but I don't know. I but it seems like a bit that's better suited that he would have thought of like after the rush out, you know? <laughs> it Maybe, maybe, maybe everyone it's came also back about, in. It could have been about the fire, too. It's more about the fire, I guess. He could have written it inspired by George's experience with the fire. So maybe it's before the yeah. the, the gun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would say probably when everyone rushed out, like they 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 booked it from the scene pretty quickly, uh, and and didn't. Maybe some people were like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm ready to do the rest of the show. I know yeah. there's like six more comics or whatever." So <laughs> we really came to see Ronnie, the prop comic, <laughs> who's gonna so we're hold gonna go them back up in. at gunpoint as <laughs> part of his show. Yeah, there's something hilarious that happens. We heard about his water gun bit. That's what we're here to see. <laughs> and we're gonna Lord. go in. We already paid. Uh, oh, yeah, man. but I, I like. Yeah, I, we. It's been a while since we've noticed Jerry's wardrobe like that. So I, I, I like that it all occurred, kind of in the same. You know, w- when we can put a timeline on when he did the stand-up bit. I like it. Uh, and that's it, really. Yeah, um, that's it for the episode. Do we? Uh, we have some homework. Uh, I, I want you to go back and listen for that baby cry. I will. Um, what else was there? Uh, I we got to look up. We got to do like a, a deep dive on Bozo and when Bozo aired. And, yeah, yeah. And, and how many bozos there have been. And how many bozos there there have been. And I think that's it. I think it's just those two things. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Did we want to try and come up with a better description? I think we can. All right. So we had George panics during a fire at his girlfriend's son's birthday party and bolts for an escape route while Kramer's girlfriend has a heckling laugh that threatens to ruin Jerry's act at a comedy club. Who? Oh, man. I really... Uh, it's just all... I think maybe... George panics at a fire. Um. Yeah. Uh, George, <laughs> George. George panics during a fire. George panics during a fire at a party. Uh-huh. Semicolon. Uh. Kramer's girlfriend has a heckling laugh. Does what that- about even? We could even include like Kramer's girlfriend ruins. Uh, it almost gives everything away. Like. But see if you can follow and make it better. Uh, hmm. You know, Kramer's girlfriend ruins Jerry and Elaine's chances for advancement. Something like that. Uh, uh, what about Kramer's girlfriend? Hmm. What about know. Jerry and Elaine blame Kramer's girlfriend for setbacks or something like that? Hmm. Or Kramer's girlfriend may cause setbacks for Jerry and Elaine. I, I like Kramer's girlfriend causes setbacks for Jerry and Elaine. Because because at that point you don't know well then again that might ruin uh oh well what setback does she cause for Elaine? Oh, she's going to get the job instead of Elaine. Yeah. Uh but it it's better than what we have. <laughs> so, George panics during a fire at a party and semicolon Kramer's girlfriend causes setbacks for Jerry and Elaine. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think it's fine. All right. Okay, next episode, we have got Season 5, Episode 21, The Hamptons, original air date, May May 12th, 1994, and I, I don't know if this is just something weird with Hulu, but if you're looking at the episode description for The Hamptons, it is The Hamptons, colon, Jerry's girlfriend sees George naked during a weekend at the beach. Oh, wow. Interesting they <laughs> threw the episode title in there again. Yeah, that seems like a clerical mistake more than anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm almost certain it's not part of the actual description. I just, <laughs> I, I had to point it out since it's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this is this is another another classic, classic episode of Seinfeld that people definitely remember. So, yeah, we'll definitely tackle this uh, next week. And that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Haldwell. Be good. Be good.